this is Alana, and you're listening to the Never Not Knitting Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 90 of the Never Not Knitting Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Remember that beautiful kit from Little Skein in the Big Wool I spoke about in my last episode? Well, I'd like to start out today's show by announcing the winner of this beautiful prize. Everyone who left a comment on my blog under the show notes for episode 89 was entered to win this lovely knitting kit inspired by the children's book Little House in the Big Woods by Laura Ingalls Wilder. I chose a commenter at random using the online random number generator and I'm happy to report that the winner is... Linda Rumsey. Congratulations, Linda. I'll be in touch with you shortly to get your shipping information and to have your prize sent out to you right away. I hope that you enjoy it. To everyone else, thank you so much for participating. I'll have a new drawing prize to announce later on in this episode, so be sure to stay tuned. Since I last recorded, I've been knitting away on my new shawl design that I spoke about last time. This is the shawl inspired by the book The Secret Garden, which will be featured in a future kit from Little Skein in the Big Wool. I'm happy to say that after much hard work, it is finally complete, and it is really, really pretty. As I said previously, the body of the shawl is worked in a textured cable and leaf pattern, and it has a scalloped feather and fan edging that begins in between the final cables. Now the top border of the shawl is in garter stitch that slowly grows larger as you work. And this allows you to wear the shawl traditionally wrapped around your neck as you normally would wear a shawl or wrapped around your shoulders and fastened in the front in kind of a capelet style with the garter border folded down, sort of like a shawl collar. I've included an optional buttonhole in the instructions just for this purpose just in case you'd like to try wearing it like that. I'm very excited about this pretty shawl, and I cannot wait to see the lovely kit that Little Skein in the Big Wool puts together for it. Remember that the kit will be available for purchase this summer from the Little Skein shop, but it will be available individually as part of the Never Not Knitting line later on in the year. I can't wait. So now that shawl project is done, I've been working on new design projects that I'll be releasing later on in the year. And aside from all of this work knitting, I've been very busy with new business developments for the future that I'm really excited about. There's gonna be some exciting changes coming soon. And also, just last weekend, my husband and I got back from a knitting event we visited the amazing shop Knit This Pearl That in Pleasanton, California. I was privileged to be invited to teach a workshop and do a book signing at the shop there by the owner, Sandy Rowney. And I must say, it was really an amazing event. She did a great job. Everyone there made me feel so special and so important. I have to tell you, before I taught the class, the owner stood up and gave like a five minute introduction for me. 
and she said so many nice things. And when it was my turn to get up there to start teaching, I felt like I was going to pass out. I was so nervous. I was thinking, uh-oh, this shop owner thinks really, really highly of me. I'd better not disappoint her. Thankfully, there was a chair there, and I immediately sat down and just hoped that nobody saw my knees shaking because I just got so nervous. But anyway, after a while, thankfully, I did calm down, and I felt much more comfortable. And I think that's because the group of knitters that I taught in the class were so sweet and supportive. I could tell in the short time that I was there that this was a really nice group, and they all seemed really close to the kind of group you would just hope to have at your local yarn shop. After the class and book signing, the owner, Sandy, revealed a gorgeous Madeline Tosh trunk show, complete with beautiful new colorways that were to die for. I believe that the new colorways were called Magic, maybe? And... They were colorways inspired by paintings, like with lots of little different color changes. And when you knit them up, they were supposed to resemble the look of famous works of art. Maybe like Monet, etc. Even I, with my gigantic stash of yarn at home, couldn't resist buying two skeins of Madeline Tosh, Tosh Merino Light in the Shire colorway, which is a unbelievable vibrant dark green with flecks of gold and blue. It's the sort of colorway that just takes your breath away. I'm the last person on the face of this earth that needs more yarn, but I just had to have it. I would love to see the new shawl I just designed in this colorway. I think that that would be unbelievable. Another thing that really stuck out in my mind about the store, Knit This Pearl That, is that when you walk in the store, off to the left is an adorable little separate room dedicated to baby yarns and children's patterns. I've never seen a shop do that before, like put so much emphasis on baby knits. And as someone who loves to knit for babies, I found this to be really exciting and extremely adorable. So if you're traveling through and you happen to find yourself in California Bay Area, Be sure to stop by this shop, Knit This, Pearl That, in Pleasanton, and say hello to Sandy. It's a lovely and very friendly store. Definitely worth the stop. So in this episode, I have a fun new book and yarn to share with you. If you've listened to this podcast for a while, you undoubtedly will have heard me talk about Kate Oates. Now, Kate is a friend and fellow designer that I've admired and followed her work for years. She designs the cutest patterns for little ones, and I, of course, was thrilled when I heard that she came out with a new pattern book called Knits for Boys. This past year, I've greatly enjoyed knitting for my own little boy, so this book definitely appeals to me personally. Since I've knit three of Kate's patterns for my son already, I knew that I would, of course, love her new patterns for him as well. This book contains 27 knitting patterns for boys, ranging in sizes 4 to 12 years old. So a nice size range there. There's also such a variety of patterns. The book includes patterns for vests, pullovers, cardigans, 
pajamas, shorts, and all sorts of accessories like hats, mittens, socks, and even this really cute bow tie and suspender set. My personal favorites in the book are the library cardigan and the Jessie half zip sweater. If I wasn't so busy right now, I would cast on these two patterns immediately. I seriously love them that much. They are great. They are definitely on my radar for the future. The other awesome thing about this book is that Kate has included tips for giving your knitted garments extra longevity. Now there's nothing worse than knitting a garment for your little one and having them grow out of it after only a few wearings. Been there, done that. If you have little boys in your life, I think you will love this book. It's so useful, and it's jam-packed full of adorable patterns. And at only $22, you really get your money's worth. As a side note, I think that Kate really is quite qualified to write this book, as she has four adorable little boys of her very own. It was really fun for me to flip through the book and see pictures of her own little boys modeling these sweaters. They are so cute. Now, the publisher of this book, Knits for Boys, which is Stackpole Books, has kindly contributed a copy of this adorable book to this episode's drawing giveaway. Knits for Boys can be purchased through your local bookstore or your local yarn shop, but if you'd like a chance to win a copy of your very own, you can enter to win on my blog. But that's not all. I also have a skein of yarn to add to this episode's prize. Now, I was given this particular skein of yarn at the Last Stitches West convention held in February of this year, and it's just such an unusual yarn that I knew I had to share it on a future podcast episode. This is a little skein of cream-colored yarn that seems very unassuming and like nothing special at first. But nope, that is not the case. That couldn't be farther from the truth. This little skein is tricky, okay? When this yarn is placed in the sun, it changes color. That's right. Now, I did a test. I walked outside holding the yarn, and it turned pink right before my very eyes. Crazy, right? Now, I have no idea how this works, but it does. I just thought this yarn was so fun. It's fittingly called Abracadabra by Haiku, and I just thought that this episode's winner might enjoy playing with this little skein of crazy yarn. I could definitely see this making a very cute kid's hat. And, come on, how much fun would the recipient get out of a little hat like this? I know my daughter would think that this is the coolest thing she's ever seen. So there you have it. Hop on over to my blog to enter to win this adorable book and this crazy skein of color-changing yarn by leaving a comment on my blog under the show notes for episode 90. You'll have until May 15th to enter to win. Now please, remember to leave your contact information for me because I will be contacting the winner this time on May 16th. This episode's knitting story was kindly contributed by podcast listener Courtney. This is her own personal knitting story entitled Sweato You. My knitting story began many years ago 
twenty-nine to be exact, with Sesame Street, two My Little Pony brushes, scissors, a pair of yellow plastic drumsticks, and one bedraggled, long-haired cat. Oh, and a blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl who had just told her mother, Sweatoo you! I know it seems rather unlikely a knitting story could ever start from a bizarre hodgepodge of such items. Nevertheless, mine truly does. As I'm sure you've guessed by now, the blonde-haired, blue-eyed little girl was me. Yes, me at the ripe old age of two. One morning, circa 1986, and shortly after Sesame Street had ended, my mother happened upon tufts of fluffy, uh, stuff, leading down the hallway. As she followed the fluff trail whilst picking up these tufts, she discovered my two-year-old self sitting on a very grouchy-looking but patient cat. Upon further inspection, she saw that this poor cat, while looking quite grouchy, also looked quite mangy. I had been, and was still in the process of, cutting off large portions of its fur. This dastardly deed had started in the hallway, and made its way to the living room as my cat victim had tried to escape, whereby I would catch it again, and make another snip. My mom quickly freed the cat, and questioned my motives for hacking off the cat's fur. Sweatoo you! I cried with intensity. Well, Mom couldn't quite decipher what I meant, being still new to translating two-year-old ease. What on earth could sweatoo you mean? I kept telling her, and became so distraught when she gathered up my cat fur, stuffed it into a bag, and attempted to throw it away, that she decided to let me keep it and see what all the hubbub was about. Later on in the day, she watched me in my room as I tried to card that cat ahem, wool, between those two My Little Pony brushes, as I tried to knit it up with those yellow plastic drumsticks. I still remember doing all these things, by the way. She recalled the Sesame Street episode I had just viewed, which showed a sheep being sheared, the wool being carded and washed and dyed and spun, and finally knit into a glorious sweater. And she realized sweater meant sweater, to complete the two-year-old E's translation. Sweater you means sweater you, or I strongly desire to knit this cat wool into a beautiful sweater for you, mother. Yes, I was determined to make a sweater for my mother, and out of cat fur nonetheless. Fast forward a few years, and I am fascinated by knitting references in literature and media here and there. I think, wow, how do you do that? I want to do that. But in my mind, knitting, especially a garment, Seems like an archaic activity that nobody does anymore. Time moves on. Fast forward to age 12, and I am introduced to crochet by my mother. Crochet, by the way, is my first love. I will always have a special place in my heart for it. It has helped me get through some difficult times. I take to it quickly and hook up a simple, boring hot pad. I dabble in crochet here and there through the teenage years and well into adulthood then newly marriedhood and young motherhood, never venturing further than just squares, rectangles, and some circles. Tried following a pattern once, but that hat turned out way different than it was supposed to. And then two events happen at nearly the same time that make me seriously question whether I am somewhat of a good person after all. First, my mother-in-law comes to live with us, and second, we move from the suburbs of Oklahoma City to a very small, dusty town in southeastern Arizona. I delve into crochet shortly after mother-in-law comes, and become quite obsessed with it after we move. 
I discovered that working with yarn is how I relieve stress, and during this time, I need my craft like I need air. And heck, considering the recent changes in living arrangements, more air wouldn't hurt either. I always have a project on the hook and take my work in progress with me nearly everywhere I go. Now you're probably wondering, when does knitting come back in? Be patient, I promise it does. Not long after moving to Desolation, Arizona, I make a friend who knits. I'm not too enthralled yet. I mean, whatever, lots of people have hobbies. But after getting to know her a little better, I discover that she doesn't just knit blankets or hot pads or hats. She knits amazing and beautiful sweaters. Say what? Sweaters? I didn't know people still did this anymore. I am immediately intrigued because, remember, I thought sweater-making was an outdated undertaking that nobody really did anymore. And investigate if one can achieve sweater-making status in crochet. One can. And set about attaining this status for myself. And I do. I have made a few crocheted sweaters. But still, in the back of my mind, Sweater You comes forward, reminding me of my fascination from so long ago. Another year passes, and unfortunately I lose contact with this friend. But, still reminded of her beautiful sweaters, I decide to teach myself to knit. And after many mistakes, YouTube videos, and advice from a different knitting friend, I begin. About two seconds after that, my little family and I move to Mississippi, and are stuck in temporary hotel housing for a month. Of course I turn to yarn for stress relief again, as being in a hotel for a month with four young children, one who is a tiny baby, is quite trying. During this month-long stay, I finally do it. Sweater you is born. Out of this difficult move, my first hand-knit sweater, made for my five-month-old son, transpires. Twenty-nine years after I attempted to make a cap for a sweater, and after much ado, a lovely little number of sky blue with a lemon yellow intarsia heart on the chest, is upon my baby and I am so proud. It was the longest project ever, but I did it. I knit a sweater at last. Thank you so much, Courtney, for sharing that truly adorable story with all of us. If you listening have enjoyed Courtney's story and it made you think of a knitting story of your very own, I invite you to please get in touch. I would love to hear your story and possibly share it on a future podcast episode. As a reminder, the show notes for this episode are found on my blog at nevernotknitting.com. And remember, that's where you can enter today's drawing giveaway. If you'd like to find me on Ravelry, I'm there under Never Not Knitting. And please feel free to contact me with questions or comments at nevernotknitting at gmail.com. Well, it's episode 90, so you know what that means. It's time for me to go on a little podcasting break. Since I started this podcast, I've taken a break at the end of each podcast season, which is 10 episodes long. Be sure to tune in again in September. I'll be back to the microphone in the fall. In the meantime, Please stay in touch, and please send me your personal knitting stories so I can plan out my next 10 episodes. Thanks, everyone. Until next time. She won't even do the dishes. The houseplants, they're all dead. 
Yeah, her needles are a-clickin' From morning until she goes to bed She won't take the time to brush her teeth Let's not even talk about her hair If it isn't about knitting She just doesn't really care Never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. Pop ramen again. She just won't stop the stitching, and the neighbors say it really is quite sad. I don't know about her. She used to be such a sweet girl, but now she doesn't knit. Nobody has clean laundry. No pants. No shirts. No underwear. But they have closets full of sweaters And more socks than they could ever wear There's yarn in the fridge In the cupboards, the bathtub and pantry It's even in the washer and dryer That's why she can't do any laundry I need some clothes She's never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. I'm filing for divorce. She just won't stop her stitching, and the neighbors say it's really getting bad. She's taking pictures of socks again. Oh, poor girl. The house is burning up in flames. Call 911. Her husband says, "Get up, let's go." But she can't set down her project. She says, just let me finish up this row. She's never not knitting. And it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. She just won't stop her stitching. And, well, she's losing all she had.